know is to be within a specific discipline, a specific world, a specific reality. To know is extremely useful for getting things done within that particular discipline or world or reality. To be an effective doctor or a pastry chef or a financial analyst, there's much that is critical to know. But knowing by its nature is bounded by and in fact reinforcing of the reality within which it occurs. For 25 years, I've worked with executives in large organizations, grad students, tech entrepreneurs, religious leaders, and no doubt my toughest client, myself, on developing the capacity to explore what lies beyond knowing, beyond certainty. At a practical level, this work is required for things like innovation, but more importantly, I've found that this inquiry is critical for maintaining one's humanity. Oh, and if you're generous enough to be listening to these conversations, I'd respectfully submit that at any point, if you feel you understand what I'm saying, you're not listening deeply enough. Hey, the voices in today's conversation are Kylie Komschlis, Mohamed Sek, and Kay Detame, all colleagues of mine and educators at DAE. And our producer, as always, is Scott Amore. Let's listen in. The world becomes, you know, and I'm sure every generation goes through this, and we just have it, like, accelerated because of the internet. Yeah, it's an exponential graph, though. Right. <laughs> you know, like, the, the more kind of mashing of everything there is and the more kind of access, yeah. that, that, that weirdness factor. It's like, like, my daughter's 24, and she says, yeah, I don't get it. Versus it was, like, a, you know, like a, a 10 to 20-year gap where I don't get it. I don't yeah. get the music. I don't get the culture. Like, 20 years. Now it's, like, three or four years the next gen, you know, that next micro generation. I don't get it. I don't know. That, that, that's what makes it funny. The fact that, like, what what's going on? So, like, in yeah. in, in, in in fifty years, does that mean, like, you know, each year, like, somebody born a year earlier than you is like, I don't get what they're doing, yeah. man. It's just it's it's moved so much. Is that what you know? C- c- culture was and is sort of this through line that keeps evolving, right? It keeps evolving. It changes. It morphs. But it, but it, but it's like a through line. It's like a melody in a song, right? Like it just kind of, you know, But it might evolve. It might, you know. In Western music, the rhythms are like really simplistic, you know, four four beats, three four, two four, well, you know, whatever. It's like a, a simple rhythm rhythmic structure. You go to the east, you go to India, which you know I know more about, but but I think it's the case in, in Eastern music in general. Really complex rhythmic patterns. Like you listen to those, you know, those, those tabla players, the ragas, the the da 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 that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You've ever heard right? these really complex rhythmic patterns, but the harmonics are really simple. And versus in the West, there's an emphasis on on harmonics, right? Like kind of stacking so chords. Um, so maybe the kind of okay. So now with that as a reference point, like culture has always been about kind of a melody that shifts over time. And maybe like what's what's happening is like there is no melody, there is no through line. What resonates is there's harmonics. Like if you can create something that it doesn't, it's a complete discontinuity from from mm-hmm. what the melody was and what the melody might be. But in the moment, it's harmonic. What's happening with culture? It's like it's only for the moment. It's not a through line. So what's important is is it harmonic in the moment? This is like a functional chord that mm-hmm. brings a whole bunch of different things together. So what do y'all been thinking about this week? We are, we are, he's we are, trying to start war. I was gonna say it, it's, it's not. He's not thinking about that. I think we concluded it yesterday. I think you concluded it. We did. I'm, I'm gonna just fill them in. Yeah. So it's like um, I'm coming up with this uh, side project, right? Yeah. For like just playing around, building the app. And usually I start with the visuals. Yeah. So I jot it down on paper, figure out what I'm building. Uh, probably go and figure out, draw it out, boom, boom, boom. And Kay's like, "Why are you starting off with that? You already know what you're doing. Just start with what's called like ERDs. So basically like a database diagram, yeah. mapping it all out, the flow and all that. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool, but I need to do this part first. Right. And he's like, "No, you can just start. So basically it's like. It's like the engineer versus the more visual part, and then yeah. I go into the engineer. Yeah. And then I told him, so he's the engineer. Yeah. I'm also the engineer, but I also do like the, the visual artist yeah, thing, yeah. right? And I told him he's more like a, a Nas, right? Yeah. He, he's more into the raps, the yeah, bars, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm, I told him, like, I'm more like Kanye. Like, I, I rap too, but I'm an artist. <laughs> 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 you know, so I, I do both, but I'm focused on 
get a visual oh, goal. Okay, I'll get to the engineering part. I just need to know what I'm building first. Yeah. That's great. That's it's it's a great analogy. I mean, you know, uh, uh, it hangs for me. You know, maybe don't follow all the Kanye path, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I tend to be more like more like you. More like I'm, you know. Like I need, to, I need like the the, the artist, the concept, right? Like this is the the kind of horizon, this is the concept, this is the the aesthetic of the thing, and then I'm willing to work on the you know like this stuff. But I'd be just as happy if other people are working on this stuff, as long as you don't mess with my vision and aesthetic. But I don't, you know, like I said I can definitely do this, <laughs> but 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 this isn't where the juice is for me. It's con- it's con- the coding, yeah, it's con- the coding of an organization, the coding of a curriculum, the coding of a whatever, right? Like yeah. that's not where the juice is for me. I can do it, I enjoy it, yep. but the juice is, is what you're saying, like, you know, mm-hmm. the figma of a project, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. It's concluded, but, but what, what is missing here is that that part was already done. No, it wasn't. This, this, this is where it gets like- And there was, there was more being it, done. It wasn't. But, but we were on the same page. To give context, I came out of our Stanford campus mm-hmm. and Kay had jumped into Moe's car <laughs> yeah. to argue with him in the front seat in the parking lot. <laughs> this is how we, long this has been going on. We yeah. came back to DAE DA to continue. Yeah. But yeah, we were on the same page just from different angles. We both agree with each other, um, but on, you know, it's just different takes. But same outcome. I, like everything, like every, every, everything connects to everything. Like that's, that's a, yet another great sort of thing to pay attention to with our students, right? It's like, are they, you know, are they Nas or are they Kanye, right? Mm. Do, do they approach like issues conceptually? And if you don't give them that conceptual aesthetic engagement, they're bored or they're disengaged or they're confused. Uh, or, I mean, that may be a better way to think about what you've you know, kind of raised, which is like some kids are just, put me down, tell me what to do, tell me what to yeah. build, tell me the project. That's more the like, you know, orienting towards, you know, tell me the thing, that, like I need to do, give me the thing to do, mm. right? Um, and others like me, if you do that to me and you put your thing to do, I'm like, I don't, can, we, can we make some tea first? Can we talk about what we're trying to kind of yeah. achieve here? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun sort of exercise type of things to do. Like in that first two weeks we're talking about is actually having, you know, like you get with the AI, you get those, like you got a phone, you got a cell mm-hmm. phone, you got whatever. Yeah. Instead have a collection of like rappers, film characters, whatever, mm-hmm. that represent kind of these different perspectives and say like, okay, how do you, how do, how do you tend to approach stuff? Right? Are you a Nas or are you a Kanye? Are you a you know? Are you a Cap or are you an Iron Man? Those are two different approaches. Like you know, kind of kind of the higher good and, and the rules are you know I don't care or order and structure and you gotta follow the yeah. You know. Could be interesting to to I like seeing when people naturally lie. Yeah. Where it's like cool, have you work on something then do on the back and like who are you? If you if you use Marvel whatever, yeah, who yeah, are yeah. you from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this experience? Yeah. And how does that change your approach to, to the next projects you want to work on? Yeah, that I agree with you. It's 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 the challenge of getting them up front a way to declare. Yeah. Because for some of them, that's a block. <laughs> if they're a Kanye, they're so assertive about the fact that, oh, I'm going into a developmental space. I have to be a Nas. Mm. And it doesn't even occur to them, oh, maybe in here I can be a Kanye. Maybe in here I can mm. I can deal more conceptually. Okay. Uh, and so it's like, how do you figure out? And so maybe you don't use that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. particular exercise. Um, but but that's what we were talking about when we were talking about the the, the, the culture thing and the yeah. first two weeks yep. of orientation uh, is, you know, how do you introduce those kind of conversations to let people know that you don't have to be, you know, uh, we're going to keep. You know, <laughs> listen, being called the Nas at the place that that's I don't know I don't, I don't know if anybody would consider that an insult. So that's that's in fact, if I had to choose musically. Mm-hmm. I, so yeah, yeah. I, I see you feeling a way about it. You know? uh, no, 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 no. I, I'm just trying to hold my, hold, hold back as much as possible. Because if I go in, it's a wrap. This this podcast well, is, is is a wrap. Start bringing up the whiteboard. Yeah, we need a whiteboard here. Mm-hmm. But but one other thing that's important to mention is like, if I'm speak, it depends on who who we're talking to and we'll go here. Yeah. Like if I'm speaking to a, a bunch of shock tank or investors yeah. or like you know. People who don't know anything about tech, but just all are all about the business investing. I'm doing 100 percent of that. Yeah, yeah. And zero percent of what I'm talking about. If I'm speaking to a bunch of Ben Hellers and Google engineers, I'm doing 10 percent of that and 90 percent of yeah, yeah, yeah. mass. It, it's so you it's a good, it's a great point, right? It's yeah. it's it's sort of having access versus natural expression, right? Like everyone needs access to both, mm-hmm. right? You got to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, if even if you're not doing the coding, you got to have access to understanding. At some point, having done the coding, so that you know, if you're kind of offloading it to somebody or passing it, right? So absolutely, everyone's got to have access to it. But it's the idea of what's your natural expression, and there's no right natural expression. Yeah. And and how do we help students upfront 
Because they're all coming in with like not natural expression expectations, but normal expect, uh, expression. Like here's the normal way mm-hmm. I'm supposed to engage. But there is no normal, right? The normal yeah. is a bell curve, right? And yeah. so for them, they don't even have access to the conversation. That can be, and, and, and I see you want to say something. I want to add third, a third element to this. Because for me, there's only three elements. You know, do you approach the thing as a Nas? Do you approach the thing as a Kanye? Do you approach the thing as a Rick Rubin? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I'm not I'm even interested in the concept or the coding, but I know a good concept when I hear it. And I know how to tweak a concept when I hear it. And I, basically, I know how to produce. So Rick would be the consumer? The, the producer, but but maybe the the, the representative of the, of the consumer. It's, okay. it's the it's a whole another skill set, right, or another capability, which is I can I can listen purely, and I can give you kind of input, feedback, direction in a way that not only doesn't step on your voice, but hears your voice before you even hear it, and and pushes you in that direction further, so that you can even get deeper on what your thing is. I don't know if we have a lot of students that come in like that, but that that is a third kind of voice in this, where it's like. It's not about my original idea. It's not about my doing the work. It's about I can hear ideas and help the person pull their... It's kind of what, what educators should be doing. But there are some students who organically do that. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's less of oh, this path is right and yeah. this path is wrong. But I th- for me, I think it's more of depending on this, whatever it is, your goal, who you're talking to, your target audience, just whatever it is at the moment... Spend more time here because of your your your, your conditions or circumstances now, uh, or who you're targeting, right? In in another scenario, it would change. For me, I think that decision is made based on just the conditions and circumstances. Um, I'll tell you, if if Apple was ran by a bunch of engineers, it wouldn't be Apple. Yeah, spot would, on. You know what I mean? But in the same way, if Google was run by a bunch of uh, designers, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be Google. Yeah. Right. And so it's so there's no yeah. more, you know it's it's all based on the you know. If if there's an engineering meeting happening, it's all it's ninety. It's probably more time talking about the engineering part. Mm. If a bunch of designers talking, it's more time talking about the design. See, if, you, if they're if invest- more combat combative in the past conversations, yeah. it was like coming like. But I, I, I knew you were, if you brought up those points, I would have been like, oh, okay, okay, I understand. All right, but but yeah. I knew, <laughs> okay. But I knew most circumstances because he talked to me a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, all of it, though. That's and, and, and I have seen all the front-end designs. I've already seen yeah, it. See so I'm like, Mo, you already got he that. You saw the AI-generated ones. You were going some, to spend no, 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 point, Nobody's going to pick a winner. There's no, no winner. Here. There's, <laughs> I, I just, I just have no to winner. say, at, at some point, you know, just again, kind of the Japanese tradition and, and sort, of, sort of a lot of traditions, at some point, the student must kill the master. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's just the student has to kill the teacher. That is part of the thing. <laughs> Surrender, K. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, for me, it's like zero. That like, I, if a little kid comes to me with a solid pro- yeah. project, I'm gonna. I don't. I don't even look at the kid. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the idea. I'm like solid. I yeah. think this distinction around uh, um, art appreciation and art critique. Like art appreciation is all subjective. There is no wrong opinion. I like this movie. I like this piece of music. I like this cup of tea Mm -hmm. is all you need. Like if you find appreciation in it, that's useful to understand what you find appreciation in it, you know, kind of why it works for you so you can find other things like that. Cool. Art, you know, appreciation is like just all subjective. Art critique requires historical context, socioeconomic context, right? You can look at a, a film, you know, and um, whether you like it or not is again subjective appreciation issue. There is no right or wrong. But 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 to, to to critique that film, you need to understand the historical context it was in, the socioeconomic context it was in, the cinematic context it was in. You know who came before, who it influenced, how that you know. To be able to have a kind of you know, yeah. a meaningful perspective on it from an art critique standpoint. And there's a lot of that that's like objective, how I feel about it, doesn't you? Know? It's the same thing with the damn green tea. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point, by the way. And the conversation's the same. Like, there are times I want to make green tea the way that green tea is supposed to be made so groups of people enjoy it. And then when I'm at home and just going to have a pot of tea, I'm going to make tea the way that I like it. That's, what I'm, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that, the, that's there's the same conversation yeah, you two are yeah. having. Yep. Because every time when we're critiquing, we're critiquing based on our backgrounds and our culture. But like, if you have context, you better understand it. You can better, you can better critique it. Yeah. You don't know. So, yeah. 
the, 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 this means the the essence and the only essence of of being an artist is to be able to see that that that, that everything is a metaphor for everything, and then and then to bring you know one thing into another. So I think this applies uh, uh, to to what we do with the kids. I think. The best that education gets to, and where a lot of places are going there now, is the equivalent of art appreciation of students. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is not good. Oh, this could be better. And it's a assumed objectivity, but that actually is highly subjective based on a limited sociocultural personality, if you will. It's like, you know, and so subjective in a sense, like subjective is like, it's just my personal experience. What education, how it's designed, is it's, it's, it's subjective based on a particular mindset. So again, I'll call it a social personality, right? So in essence, from a corporate capitalist, utilitarian, productivity-oriented uh, personality perspective, this is a good student, this is not a good student, right? This is a student that could be improved, this, right? But the critique part, I think, is, is what we try to bring it to, which is, okay, so for this piece of art, you know, for this student, what are all the contextual elements? What is the, you know, the, the, the mental health context for the student? What is the socioeconomic context for the student? What's the cultural context for the student? What's it, what are all the contextual elements for the student? And then we engage in really rigorous critique. We, don't, we actually have a higher standard than traditional education does around kind of, you know, uh, uh, how we engage with the students. We talked about initially where you were talking about harmonics versus melody. Yep. I wonder if that is where some of it, what, I guess, it, correlation, I don't know which way it is, where right now there's a lot of people who are using opinions and we don't have a cultural base to pull from that, mm. that maintains that consistent stream. And so now it's all our critics. Everybody's an art critic now. And so it, it, it's much more opinion-based and that's who now people on Instagram, TikTok, or whatever, that is what you're, you're playing to. Mm -hmm. But actually I would say what's going on is not our critique that's the problem. Mm, it's yeah. appreciation. And what happens okay, is when, it, when our appreciation masquerades as critique yep. is where you get into problem. It becomes yep. everybody's opinion matters. Yep. It doesn't in objective analysis. Right. It matters in terms of your own lived experience. Absolutely. You like whatever, McDonald's better than the Michelin star restaurant, that's great. There's no, nobody, nobody should be arguing with you with that. That's your, what you like. It's absolutely valid. Mm -hmm. But to make a case for the culinary value of McDonald's versus this other place even can be valid, but tell me the social context. Tell me the historical context. Tell me the culinary context in which you have that opinion. That's what makes it, you know, have some rigor, have some, you know, like it's like I, I hate iPhones. Like I know people in my life, oh, I hate Apple products. I hate, cool, that's what you're entitled to, right? But but what is it about the technology, or what is it about the 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 the, the social impact of the technology that makes it bad for you? That's a piece of critique. For that, again, you need to have an understanding of the social context of the phone, of the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? And that's where we collapse things in the world right now. Everyone's opinion based solely on their experience, their subjective experience, is somehow objectively valid. It's not. Mm. It's how we got into the climate change problem. It's how we got into the COVID vaccination problem. It's like everybody's opinions on climate matters. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. It matters because it's your opinion. You're allowed to have it. You're allowed to have it vehemently. But to pretend that it's objective fact, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> but we've done a really big job with of, of this, and I, I, you know, I think I think some conspiracy folks might 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 say that it's actually a planned sort of you know dumbing down of America through the emphasis of <laughs> individual voice, right? That that's actually a way to get people to disregard uh, experts, right? Is is to make you know everybody's voice equally valid. Uh, under the guise of freedom, under the guise of expression, under the guise of, right? Um, and it's, it's turned us all collectively pretty dumb. This, who, who's ever heard of the saying or quote, majority carries the vote? Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Is, that, is that true? I don't know. Um, you go anywhere, you talk about anything, like, oh, more, more people agree with this, so that's right. Majority carries the vote. Is that true? If more people think this is the oh. thing... Yeah. Does that make it but true? Does it make it real? Real, correct, factual, but, but objective. But a, a vote doesn't make reality, though, as I think. Maybe not a vote, but yeah. if more people agree with something, does it make that thing 
true or good or right or whatever it is in that context. I'll be flip-flopping here and there because depending. I, I, I would go in the opposite direction. For me, most of the times, the thing that is most popular is likely of the most dubious quality. And so the most popular restaurant on the planet is, in fact, McDonald's. Yeah. Not, it's not the best quality. Yeah. Uh, if you look at this year or any years, the top grossing films, they will likely be not the highest quality from a cinema standpoint films, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because in the context of this sort of economy, what's popular is what is at the peak of the bell curve, right? It's, it's, I mean, that's part of design of consumer products is what is the kind of safest, most lowest common denominator appeal mm. thing you can put out so that you can maximize its ubiquity, yeah. right? And so certainly in aesthetic things, food, film, et cetera, yep. in general, I found that the more popular it is, likely the lower quality it is by design. It's designed not to be any niche, but to hit the buttons. Like McDonald's hits fat, salt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, th th those are and wired cost. into us. What is it? And cost. And, and cost, right? They're wired into us. Like our taste buds, our, our, our 200,000 years of evolution, you know? Uh, uh, fat, sugar, salt, those things were tough to get. And so our body like really craves them and, and, and takes in as many as, uh, to, as much of it as it can. Yep. Because in our hunter-gatherer lifestyle, we didn't know the next time we were going to get some sugar or some salt or, you know. And so it, it caters to that. It's almost like we've all accepted the majority cares a vote regardless. It's, it's a numbers game. And I don't, I don't think just because it's a numbers game, it makes it, you know, that's another objective for me at all. But, but it's not always. Like sometimes when everyone agrees, it's telling you something. Yeah. So you just really need to pay attention. On important matters, it's not necessarily a useful single data point. I would agree with that. Right? Right. Just, just because everyone agrees does not necessarily mean yeah. that's what I want to get behind. Yeah, it also limits the voice of people who've actually studied and understand context. Yeah. You're, you're really voting on what the general knowledge is within a, within a base and then how that opinion is, is, is formed. That's a problem. Like in a panel or debate where there are like five people and four people are like on the same page, one person's on, on, on the other side. Even if the one person is correct, just by looking at it yeah. and because of the culture we've created, you just see that one person as a loser or wrong, whereas it's not the case. And if that one person isn't able to present their perspective in a glib, engaging, soundbitey way, then then they just look like an idiot. Yeah. And and if you've got the other four, even one of the other four is a salesman mm -hmm. and can 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 really kind of polish the bad idea, they're gonna sound like the winner. Mm -hmm. That's what I see on the news all the time. That, listen, social media, the media, yeah. Filled with it. It's just hubris. It's just this kind of, you know, the game is not can I make a case? The game is, can I get your attention? The front end versus the back end. <laughs> so in, in this case, yes, there, there, there's, there's, in this case, I, I am with you. In this case, it, it is an issue of lack of back end integrity mm. and too much emphasis on the design of the idea. Not all the glitters is gold. Yeah. How's it going, Mo? Fine. <laughs> Somebody, you know, if folks have tried to get me to do uh, like, you know, writing stuff and, and in, you know, last, 15-ish years, social media, kind of do more social media. And recently, like in the last year, that came up again. And a couple of folks that do a lot of very kind of polished social media and whatnot. And I said, listen, here, here's my thinking on this. Like, if, if, if what you got is access to, like, raw aluminum, you ever see raw aluminum? It's like just kind of gray, black splotches all over, right? Commodity. I said, if that's what you got access to, I get it. You gotta polish that shit. You maybe get into a nice like like orb that's like shiny and polished. And then maybe you get yourself a nice velvet box. You put it in that velvet box and you put a bow on it, and you put that hang. And then yeah, you can get people to buy that. And they'll be like excited about it for a minute. And then you gotta go shut right? He said, but the other path is to spend your lifetime figuring out how to how to how to dig for gold. And raw gold is equally ugly and splotchy and dirty. But people who understand gold, they don't need you to polish it. They'll take it in a paper bag, you know? And it's like these are two different paths of content creation, right? Spend your life cultivating a certain depth on something 
where now you just you produce gold. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to worry about polishing it. You can polish it. You could turn it into a Rolex, and then that's like even better, right? You mm-hmm. can polish it. But you're not relying on the polish to be the only way to get people to engage with you. Versus if you're just running around chasing the latest version of aluminum, man, you have to polish. Because ain't nobody buying that shit from you otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not interested in that game. Yeah. And so this, this, but this is the society we're in. We're in a society yeah. of do just enough work to excavate some aluminum yeah. and then polish the hell out of it and <laughs> sell it and then race back to go get some other scrap metal that yeah. you can polish the hell out of. Yeah. And, or, and go or, raid or, other people's or, backyards yeah. for their scrap metal. Or, yeah, or take, you know? the, take the aluminum you just got polished, change the bow, and then yeah, sell yeah. it. That's it. That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's 99% of social media content. It's, it's, it's polished aluminum. It's polished junk metal. You know, yep. uh, and the people working on gold aren't aren't producing you know, the people you actually respect. They don't have social media accounts, let alone putting I, stuff out. Actually, mm. that's true. Right? Yeah, Johnny Ives is that is that the the, the designer at Apple? Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. You ever seen any social media posts from him? I didn't no. know him. You ever seen any content from him? Man, yeah. everybody know everybody who matters to him, right. i.e., people who appreciate gold. Everybody knows his name. Everybody values his work. He is a legend in the communities for which his work is gold. Absolute legend. And will be for a very long time. Because he did the work to, to, to excavate gold. And, and the, the interesting thing is, every time I hear his voice, I'm like, this guy. Like, I, I've, yeah. ne- I've never seen him before. Yeah. But every time, and until I just saw him for the first time at Apple's last keynote. Yeah. And then oh, really? someone was speaking, yeah. Someone was speaking, British accent. And I'm like, and then his name just popped yeah. up, Johnny Hives. I'm like, whoa, that's him? Yeah. But, but in the back of my mind, I still respected him. I'm like, okay, this guy is really good at what he does. You said most disciplines, you know, certainly in, in, in thinking disciplines, as it were, you know, thought leaders, right? They're, they're working on their thing. They're writing their next book or they're developing their next whatever, you know? Yeah. They don't have time for 30-second sound bites, you know? And, and they don't need them because they're not working on junk metal. I ask students, right, if you go to Craigslist's website... It's just, it's just plain website mm-hmm. with just HTML, CSS, yeah. nothing fancy. And then I, I asked students, like, what do you think the worth of this website is? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is ugly. It's like you know, 10 million, 20 million. Right. And that's like even high balls, almost like maybe 200,000. Um, and then there are lots of fancy websites nowadays, like, look, looks great. Apple's worth a trillion. Apple, the company itself, <laughs> right? The, the, oh, I'm back at Moe's camp. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. But um, you know, these, there are lots of fancy, really, really cool websites that are not worth like $2 million. And then, and then everyone, that was everyone's guess, but it's worth $3 billion. Yeah. Craig, Craigslist. Craigslist, yeah. If you see that site, you wouldn't yeah. think. Is this I, plain old HTML, CSS? I, I, I would make a case that at a certain point, that look actually became an aesthetic choice. At a certain point, they had enough money Mm -hmm. to create something fancy, and somebody made actually the aesthetic choice, say, no, 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 that look would actually gonna turn off our customers, the kind of transactions we wanna have. Looks like a back page of a newspaper. Looks, yeah, we wanna keep, so that was actually a design choice. And so maybe at the front it was like necessity or whatever, or maybe even up front it was a design choice, but I guarantee at some point, you get enough money, somebody in that room, somebody is saying, okay, we got to make this. We got to make this thing look nicer now. Yep. And then, fortunately for them, somebody who you know had had enough design uh, chops to not think design equals pretty. Yep. But design equals design, right? Yep. It's like what's the aesthetic for this use? At some point, they made that decision that no, this is going to keep looking like this because this is actually the aesthetic that works for what we're trying to do. I do think you're comparing storefront to store, though, in that statement. Because you're not buying the Craigslist website, you're buying all that Craigslist. Because all Craigslist is is the website and the data, right? So mm-hmm. you'd be buying the store for three billion dollars. Yep. So, like, so two points on that. The first point is like you were talking about how that's that's where where we live in, right? And there's the culture, like everyone has everyone has been con- conditioned to like look forward to like beautiful websites you know yeah. animations and all that right so people see it and you go like this is not this is not majority of people see it and go like that's not that doesn't look good the other one is and here's another quote another quote 
beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Sure. Right? Sure. And that, I mean, I know that applies to me a lot. Like me, it's a 100% thing I believe in that. Because like, I still appreciate a black font on a white background. When that's, that's what got me excited about tech. In HTML, it's like, I saw my name on a white background. Nothing fancy. I, to, to this day, I still feel the same way about it. And so when I see Craigslist website, I've told Mo so many times, and anyone I say, I'm like, that site looks beautiful to me. I just I love it. And if, then the fact that it's $3 billion, right, even better. I'm like, see? Yeah. It looks beautiful to me. I see Craigslist, I'm like, there's nothing fancy about it, no colors, yeah, yeah, but I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, so the goes to the point where it's like, maybe it was a design choice. I appreciate that design. Yeah. It's true, right? Yeah. Beautilizing the eyes of the beholder. If someone has decided this looks beautiful to me, there's, there's very little you can do to change it. I think that's actually a healthy way of appreciating beauty than, than just like being forced in a, in a culture where, where it's already decided that this is what looks beautiful. Yeah. Something's occurring to me about this conversation for, for, for me. I don't qualify as a design critic. I don't understand design at that level. I don't have the context, right? So everything I've said about design on a product standpoint is, is sort of, you know, at best informed opinion. I've done a lot of branding work, you know, and kind of, and so, you know, informed opinion at best. So I'll offer that as a disclaimer on, on everything I've said about product design per se, or, or, or you know, uh, website design or whatever, uh, is informed opinion at best. Um, but for me, it's, a, it's like everything is, it's a, it's a metaphor um, and a reference point for human design, which, which I, I, you know, I will say I'm qualified to offer critique on. You know, um, and I think we do this, this same conversation kind of holds everything we've said holds on, on human design, right? So when you say that Craigslist aesthetic for you is inherently beautiful, this is, this is, this is the same thing with these kids, right? The system, the society, you know, we talked previously about like getting born into an economy versus a culture, right? So the non-culture they got born into, the economy they got born into is that if you don't have a path that has a high enough productivity value, that has a high enough output value, that has a high enough success value, that's okay, but you're not as pretty. Culturally, societally, you're not as pretty. And like when I say that loud, we hear like how stupid that is and how horrible that is and how, you know what I mean? But that's actually what the design is in the world. You're gonna work a retail job and that's okay. It's fine, good for you, you're working. But behind that is this kind of thing of you're not as pretty as the kid who launched a tech company and sold it at you know age of 32 or went into medicine and became a whatever, you know, and is teaching at Yale. You're not as pretty. The aesthetics of your life aren't as engaging. Yeah, we don't agree. I know. I mean, obviously. I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, of course not. I think that we've designed this whole place. This, yeah. this, the whole, you know. Um, but, but, but I think for me, it's, it's important to keep remembering that is the marketplace, the human marketplace. That is what it is, is you're not as pretty. If you're the equivalent of a Craigslist website, you're not as pretty. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. Societal influence is just—it's powerful. It's—it's—I I don't know if—I uh, don't know if I'll call it good or bad, but it, it can be—it definitely is can be misleading. Yeah. What it does is it just moves people, it just moves people, and maybe they end in a good path, but it just moves people, and I don't know if that's that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah and, and the other thing though it does a case is there's nothing wrong with going to medicine and teaching at Yale. There's nothing wrong with starting a tech company and, and, and being a, you know, a hundred millionaire before you're 30, right? Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that this society does is it, 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 it creates a backlash that makes those things wrong. And so you're, I'm going to get back to, you know, the very first conversation we had, you're on one side or the, the other. Either it's like, no, success and, and productivity and all that's bad and we've got to stop and burn capitalism. Or it's this phenomenon of, oh, you're a human Craigslist. That's nice. You're not as pretty. Mm-hmm. Neither of those are necessary, you know? Yeah. Neither of those are necessary. You, you want to go do your thing? Do your thing, man. You're going to make a you know, billion dollars? That's okay. Yeah. It's what do you attach to it, right? What are the aesthetics you attach to it? If you attach aesthetics to it of more pretty, less pretty, a more pretty human being, a more aesthetically, a better designed human being versus a lesser designed human being. When you look at a website, like I, if I asked you to, you could list off you know, like the core dozen aspects of what you would look at to determine the design aesthetics. Like these are the you know, four or five, seven things that, that, that I would you know, kind of, uh, if you asked me to explain good or bad design, 
these are the four, five, seven, ten categories that I would tell you about to tell you whether this is good design or bad design, right? You could probably give me some list, right? The design elements of a human life that we use to judge pretty or not pretty are a problem. But the actual thing people do, people should do whatever they want. You want to work retail your whole life? Cool. You want to go and you know, build a billion dollar company? Cool. But neither of those should be design elements for how we judge the aesthetic value of a human being. And in this culture, they are core design elements. And so you get people, what we were talking about earlier on Instagram, feverishly polishing junk because they're trying to hit that design element of, look, I'm successful, look, look. And it's a false design element. Are you comfortable in your skin? You have at least one meaningful human relationship with deep intimacy and vulnerability. Is your body healthy? Do you have a connection to something greater than yourself? Spiritual or not? Could be the earth, could be whatever. Do you have a connection to anything? These are design elements <laughs> that, for me, when I look at people who are like, yeah, they, they, they seem like they're having a, a life. Like, those are design elements that, that, yeah. that for me, to, you know, kind of, kind of determine aesthetics of a human life. There's nothing wrong with going the path of being a doctor. But if that's what you want, you're excited about it, and that's your choice you've made, not because of societal influence, or maybe because you agree with it. And all of a sudden you're like, but people, people will think I'm this, so I'm going to do what most people would, would like, or you know, that would get most people to say good things about me, even though I really like this. That's a problem. Mm. That's a problem. And, and, I th and unfortunately, I, feel, I, I have seen it happen a few times where people in the end realize it and go like, nope, I'm going to be myself and embrace my design elements of, of who, who I am and actually go my path. But a lot of time wasted and a lot of life missed. Me personally, I've just, I, I grew up with a lot of that culturally. I'm like, nope, I'm just gonna be Kay Pinky. I, I, I get surprised, Kay. Like, I, you know, we've talked about, I grew up in similar kind of culture. And then for me, the kind of, you know, intensity of the economic situation we were in, even when we landed here, you know, I, I get surprised by, despite the life I've crafted for myself and, and my sense like you have of, nope, I'm done with that. And long ago I was done with that and I'm not right. I still get surprised by how much that wiring is still there. And, and, and in unguarded moments, if I'm not paying attention, letting machinery run, it can still pop up. Cultural conditioning, sociological conditioning, uh, it becomes sort of a part of your muscle memory. And uh, even if you've you know, evolved past it or designed past it or whatever, um, that shit can still pop up. And I say that because I think beyond just expressing that's my experiences with our kids, I think it's, you know, whatever moments they have of, of you know, the moments we see, there's a whole lot of muscle memory from the yeah. previous 15 years on the planet uh, that's gonna keep popping back up for them, you know? Do you feel that pressure? Well, maybe Kelly. I feel like, Kelly, you're like, you have your own design elements about your life and you've embraced it and you just are going with it. And that's good for you. I, 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 that's just what I see from I'm glad that's how it comes off. That's not how it feels on the inside most of the time. Yeah, I feel like you just like owned it. It's, you know, this is just yours. And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's just what it's used on the outside. What about like? Maybe when I was younger, but now, no, nah, I don't feel that pressure. I do. It's a, it's a, it's a strange strange pressure that I feel that as I was cultivating whoever I am or whatever path it is, like how I've lived means I don't have a lot of like tangible financial resources in a lot of ways. And as I see myself in the future and seeing like the need of our society to have that as you become less and less useful, that is something I wonder about and how that's going to play out in my, in my lifetime when my, when my fingers don't do the skills that I need anymore because we don't, I'm cultivating it, I'm working on it, but we don't have a system that's like, you've put in your time, you're taken care of now. You've built a thing, you're with people who will continue you. It's, it's much more, you can't be a greeter at Walmart anymore, that's gonna be tough. Or whatever job that I see, people who should be good uh, having to take on to continue a level of existence. So I wonder about that. That's a pressure that I have, but it's not really an identity piece, it's more of a, I don't know how this existence continues. That's a, that's a, that, that's, that's a harsh r reality that everyone is going to face. That's scary. It's almost like, okay, so 
the, the later part or the later stages of your, your, your life where naturally you just can't do it, not because you're not competent or you're not useful. It's just, just that's how like the human being, you know, human work, the human, human beings, that, that's who we are. And what happens then? Like, are you no longer useful just because you're old? Yeah. Which I don't think that well, should be the case. And the question for me is, do you have to be useful to exist? Or be, be happy and enjoy life or do the things you care so, about? I don't know. I don't know, that's something I think about because I have I have chosen a path in my life where like I in engineering I could be financially comfortable potentially for the, my existence and that's something that I I chose a different different route different path that wasn't important to me still really isn't super important but looking forward at twenty five versus whatever thirty seven are two different vantage points that line deserves a repeating do I have to be useless do I have to be useful to exist yeah you know that's that's mm. yeah it's it's it, it is my uh, part of my machinery for sure. Like I, ha- I have to be useful. Or I, there's no reason for me to be here. I have to be useful for the people that I care about, or else yeah. our relationship doesn't have yeah. place. And I have to actively push back against that as a in in the story that I tell myself. It's just a, you know, one of the many just 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 bizarre dysfunctional things about the society. It it is like you have to be useful to exist, but the goal is to become useless. The yeah. goal is to acquire so much money yeah. that you can just be useless <laughs> and just ride around in your yacht and do whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. just, it's crazy. And, and that makes you useful. It's in, 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 infinitely use, useless, but that makes you useful? It does make you useful. It, it makes you a winner. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to That's be useless I mean. is to be a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, to be in, to use your time inconsequentially for no one's benefit other than the indulging of your most base instincts, that makes you a winner. Yeah, yeah. It's like useful in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, but we'll call you a job creator to make you feel better. Right. <laughs> and to allow or, you to get or, away with or it. Or a philanthropist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, man, I, I, I've told, I don't know if Kay heard this story, but I uh, want to get it on record because like, I'm just fuming about this still four days later. We got introduced, again, like the thing shifted for us. Like we're not, you know, people come to us now and kind of, you know, we got introduced, uh, and it's through a state agency, uh, which is really a bummer. Um, to this entrepreneur group, and I'll try to keep this as vague as possible because I have no desire to embarrass anybody that's doing like these tech education things, you know, and, and the person making the introduction was like, maybe, you know, uh, you guys have really figured out how to work with school districts and you have a foothold here and this group is trying to move into Connecticut and maybe you can partner. Okay, we'll have the call. They're telling us about the thing and it's like really cool and they're showing us it's like really cool, really cool. And it's like, this is great. This is a capital intensive business. I'm assuming you're charging a lot. And they're telling us, yeah, we charge X amount for it. It's a lot of money, you know, per, per student engagement, you know, uh, for a day or for a two week thing. It's a lot of money, a lot of money. Mm. I was like, I, that's great. I get it. Uh, the students we work with, they're, they're never going to be able to afford this. I said, no, no, we understand. So we, we every group, we, we, we give away some tickets to, to families who can't afford it, uh, you know, couldn't afford it, because we think that's important. I mean, they have to bring their own lunch because, you know, the, we, we provide pizza. And, uh, and then, of course, they can't come to the movie that we do as a kind of celebration at the end of the week. Um, but, but we make sure that kids have access. Like, this, like, you instantly get the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. But this guy's telling me this as if he's telling me about a good thing he's doing for philanthropy. This is what it looks like. Like yeah. I gave the I gave the poor people access to my program. I give them something. I give them something. And they got to eat their you know uh, ketchup sandwich while everyone else is uh, yeah. sitting around each, e- eating pizza. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm going to tell this you know 11 year old kid, okay, you go home now. We're all going to go to a movie. You didn't pay, so you have to go home now. Your parents didn't. pay. Your parents didn't the pay. People, so you have to go the home people now. you rely on but for existence thank, couldn't but, pay. But, but thank us for allowing you to be here for free yeah. and giving you some pizza. Don't be ungrateful. Right, and it was said from the energy of this is a good thing we do, yeah. completely disconnected from the reality of what it is to be that kid, completely disconnected, and how brutal actually that 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 free offer was to that kid, because that kid whatever good experience they had in that thing, there's a really good shot that the big thing they're taking away from it is I didn't get that pizza, I didn't get to go to the movie because we are lesser. Mm. Yeah, and so yeah, philanthropy. You hide behind philanthropy, uh, and and so three kids are in a cohort of thirty, and the other twenty-seven paid this sky-high rate so that you know yep. I can I can I can fund my 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 house on the island. You know, 
So again, these are, to me, these are all human design, you know, uh, issues. We, we have, we, we, we had culture provides a design for a human life, right? Like, like, you know, the, I get born into a culture again, ancestors and traditions and a connection to something bigger, whether it's a sense of God or nature, whatever that might be like culture. One of the big things it provides is just that it's a design for human life. And economies don't provide that. They provide design elements for a life that are that are transactional and brutal, just absolutely brutal. The the, the reality is, just for being a human being, you are infinitely and exponentially use, useful. But we, this world, we haven't created a world that actually embodies that. Yeah. I would make the case that, that educator embodies what a what a human being is useful for. I think artist embodies what a human being is useful for. I think gardener embodies what a human being is useful yeah. for. I was actually having a conversation with friends like last night talking about like collective skills and stuff, and like one person we're trying to kind of figure out and just like, oh, where do you gravitate to in in a party or in a community event? And like, well, I hang out with dogs or like, yeah, cool caretaker. Like, yeah. caretaker is like making sure people are taken care of is a deeply important skill set for a, a group of humans. All, 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 listen, you can even get like, you know, uh, the religious traditions tell us this. Yeah. Like, that yeah. God yeah. says, take care of my creation for me, please. You're in charge. Take care of the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, every tradition tells us this. So you, even if you want to get, you know, out of the realm of science and into the realm of belief and religion, yeah. we have a purpose. It, it's to take care of this shit. It's not yeah, to man. strip mine it. Yep. <laughs> And polish it and put it in a velvet box. Yeah, I agree. And sell it for $39.99. Yeah, I agree. Even the Bible, it says it. It goes all the way from children to adults. Like, your children is like, the children are very important. Take good care of them. You know, it actually says Every culture. Like I said, again, bring religion. Religion tells us this, but every culture, if you take religion out, the foundational thing that that they tell you about a human life is take care of shit. Yep. Take care of your family. Take care of your community. Take care of the territory that's ours because we rely on it for food, nutrition, etc. Take care of the animals. Some of them we have to kill to eat, but make sure we don't kill too many. Take care of the the herd, right? Like, it's all take care of. It's gone away now. But yeah, that was a normal thing. This, I don't, yeah. This is what's going on with Gen Y with the whole gang gang. Whatever that stuff is. <laughs> is there's like, like this generational trauma. It actually gets carried into the DNA like into the genes, right? And so this is what happened. Like we finally just have so much collective trauma the last, you know, uh, 10,000 years. This is a generation that just like, like completely just, 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 just mutated. Just like the, the, the camel's, nothing matters. The, the, you know? the camel's legs have collapsed and exactly. all the straws fall to the ground just laying there with his tongue out. <laughs> We're done. But it's just yeah. in time for AI to show up, right? And so like, <laughs> like we, we collapse the species just in time, and then this other thing can come in and, you know, clean up. Clean, clean up. up. Mm-hmm. Like, get everyone Take in over check. the next thing. I don't know. AI's really been around for 10,000 years, and it's finally, finally making this move. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's an issue of harvesting. Uh, the aliens will show up now because it's like, finally, <laughs> the crops are ready. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's not go talk to the species we've been waiting for. Yeah, but see, here's, 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 here's the real kind of dark part of this. It's designed to kill that part of you. Nobody, nobody, like none of the teacher isn't thinking that, but the design elements in society, it's designed to kill that part because that's the part that will create the book that shakes up people's thinking. That's the part that will create the organization that's outside of the, you know, the, 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 the accepted structure. That's the part, right? And so the whole thing is designed to eliminate very, you know, extreme variation in human behavior. It's designed for compliance and compliance is absolute enemy of creativity and creativity is the absolute enemy of compliance it definitely kills it definitely kills creativity because if you're doing anything outside of the norm you're put in check and then now that i'm not in a a society like that i wonder but i'm like okay uh but this is interesting and then now like i'm I'm not held back so so i don't i don't think it's i think there's a better way it gets it gets you to pronounce sigh, but it doesn't get you to be playful with words now, or take English language to the whole new, like an artistic level. So, so, so we're not good with poems. We're not good with movie writing. Like it didn't exist for us because we can't even think outside. Or we just have to pronounce words as, like the way the professor or the teacher pronounced is bad. Yeah. So we got to write, but we missed out on a lot of things. And that's why you don't see a lot of Ghanaians. 
being creative out there, except the people who are the radicals who are like, I'm going to go music route and just do whatever I want. But if you give it a couple of generations, it's it's inherent in right a couple of generations. Like for, for, you know, I told the joke like 49% of my peers were doctors, 49% were engineers, and the two percent were radical rebels became PhD chemists, right? Like it was the same sort of thing with with my generation, India. But you move forward a generation. Like and I was one of the you know. 0.001% who went and studied music and, and philosophy, right? Uh, and, and, and was like, like my parents used to lie about what I did. Like they, I did a minor, I'm, I'm kidding you, I did a minor in electrical engineering so that my mom could tell everybody, why well, are you studying engineering? Like I took three classes in electrical engineering just so she could have, yeah, no, he's studying electrical engineering, it's fine, he's fine. Um, he's gonna cut his hair when he graduates, it's fine. Um, <laughs> like literally, I'm telling you, like just, but, you step forward a generation. My daughter's a filmmaker, got a BFA in theater, you know? And then her kids, it's like it won't even be a conversation, right? So my point with that is it's, mm. it's, it's in our DNA, you know what I mean? And, and, and we're at this weird point in the world where the last like 30, 40 years, and more acutely the last 20 years, like business organization, you know, uh, uh, is asking for innovation, innovation, innovation. And what they're failing to you know, acknowledge is, uh, no, I'm sorry, you beat, like, you, you beat that out of everybody and now you want it? No, you know, you're not gonna get it. And then the people who are working on, on innovation, most of them, are, it's, it's still kind of carrot and stick approaches to innovation. The stick is no longer fashionable, it's the carrot. We're gonna incent you to innovate. That doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah, this just reminded me of like a particular instance where, you know, I was brought up in a very principled family. Like you do things by the book, you, like you do things right, you can't go wild doing things. And then there's one time my mother was speaking to her friend where, you know, like they were talking about the idea of like another friend of ours just being adventurous and building a business and doing things. And my, I remember my mom telling uh, uh, her friend, what she said was, meaning they are not like hard. Yeah. They're not hard, they're, getting, they're not adventurous. Oh, and then we were looking at her like, this is what you've done to us. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? You, you don't wanna, you know, anytime yeah. we try to do something adventurous, you like yeah. shut us down instantly. We try to, you know, get out yeah. and then, but she said that. And then we, yeah. we were surprised, I was like, what? You're not, you're not entertaining any of that. Yeah. And then now if our friend is doing something adventurous, you, now you wish we were adventurous. Yeah. So she left, she, she kind of left us slowly as we were growing up. And we wish that she left us a little bit, but parents suck. Get the intention, you know. <laughs> so, and it's tough not to suck as a parent. Yeah, like it's you know. yeah, yeah. My mom is no more, but I really wish she was around so I could so she to see what what we are now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, then because yeah. then she would she'd be so proud and yeah. to, and she'd go like like wow. She'd learn a lot from it too. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Absurd Wisdom. This is A.M. Bot. And, you know, conversation, real human conversation never actually ends, but episodes of podcasts need to. So we're going to end here. You can connect with me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Absurd Wisdom. Uh, you can find DAE on Instagram at DAE.community or online at MyDAE.org. Absurd Wisdom is produced and distributed by DAE Presents the production arm of BAE, and uh, we'll be back with more conversation beyond understanding next Thursday. Mm -hmm.